Well, hello, Logan. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. It's uh, it's Friday, so you know, almost into the part of the week that you know I look forward to. Not just because it's the weekend, but because then that's when I get to go to church. So oh, excellent. Yes. Um, welcome to our podcast. It is called Already His Workmanship. Uh, my name is Todd, and you just heard Logan, and we are producing this word this a podcast um just really to help encourage others and uh, to talk about the process that we go through uh how we become discipled and how christ grows us and help and encourage other people to go through that same thing so yeah we uh we hope to uh to showcase just a genuineness on this podcast we're going to be very brutally honest about <clears throat> about our lives about our struggles and uh you know and really the hard work that it is to integrate the the, the truths that we learn into our everyday life it's it's a, a lot harder and it takes a lot more time than people generally think and so we're going to kind of go through a lot of that uh together yeah. Um, so I'm coming from this focus of discipleship and following Christ from a very experiential viewpoint. Um, I, I come from the world of recovery. Um, I've been sober for a long time in like six weeks. It's, uh, June of 2022 right now. So in July of 2022, I will be, uh, 14 years sober and, you know, a lot of pragmatic things happen through recovery for me and a lot of things that I've experienced in this kind of pragmatic faith, as I've talked with Logan, as we became friends, um, I found out we're really theologically rooted, even though a lot of the stuff that happened for me was just based on prayer and meditation, not necessarily a deep dive into the Bible. So that is my experience and I'll let Logan and share his. Yeah, so kind of the background that I'm coming from, um, I'm a what we what we in in my stream call a marketplace uh, uh, pastor. So I I help lead a, a small uh, church plant. Um, I was on I was on um, eldership at a and you know the the uh, pastor at a much larger church in in Northern California that and then four years ago we planted out into a church plant but I'm the I'm a marketplace guy we, we have a full-time guy named Tyler and I'm his his support um, we both preach and teach and and lead uh, but I do have a I do have a day job of uh, you know during the week of of uh, being in technology sales and so I get the interesting balance of you know, tent making to 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 you know make a make a living and make things work but then my real passion is what i get to get into um when when we're doing things at church so to give you, to give you an idea i'm you know have my meetings today and then tonight we're doing a youth event youth bowling event where we're taking a bunch of teenagers bowling and then uh on sunday we have our our normal service so um i my, my background is a lot of uh, for the last 15 years probably of ministry um, has been mostly in engaged with um, college age um, and then and then uh, leading small groups of men and um, and high school as well uh, so that's kind of the the age ranges that I that kind of grew up ministering to um, and then of course uh, now as a, a pastor you know dealing with a lot of stuff in sort of adult 
adults and uh, the things that a lot of times, a lot of things that the guys go with. Um, and so that's kind of, I, I have the, the, the perspective, that perspective of kind of having a foot in both worlds. Um, Todd and I actually worked together in our, in the, in our, the work context before that's how we met each other. We were actually on the same team. I was his engineer and he's my sales guy. And, um, you know, we got to know each other really well and had a lot of really good conversations driving through the flat, uninteresting and kind of boring, uh, central California. Not that there's anything wrong with central California, but there's a lot of farmland and, uh, you know, there's a lot of time for long conversations about deep subjects. Yeah. That first, you know, six months we got to know each other it was really busy pre-pandemic times where everybody wanted to meet face-to-face and we were easily that first year in the car together 20 hours a week, right? That was easily what we did, you know, and most of it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? Not a lot of Monday and Friday stuff happening, but those three days we got five or more hours in a piece just getting yep. to know each other right so um i remember like the first time i got to meet you was right after my wife's best friend had passed away from cancer and i just remember going to lunch with you and talking about that and how kind and loving and caring you were and we figured out we were both believers pretty quickly like during that during that time uh that lunch and you know, our friendship really rapidly evolved, right? It was pretty crazy how rapidly it did. And, you know, I'm just so thankful for that friendship and how it sustained me through some pretty crazy times. So, yeah. And uh, the, the same here, I, the um, it's, it's awesome in the context of work to run into other believers uh, and to, to have that support. So that's something where, you know, that's kind of the emphasis of this podcast with those, those long conversations where we were helping each other deal with, you know, difficult stuff. I was, I had just come through a, a job change, you know, coming out of, I worked uh, in, in IT and IT management in public sector for a long time. And then was, you know, in the private sector newly, and uh, especially in a, in the capacity of, I'd always been surrounded by coworkers and distracted by coworkers. And then when you're field-based, based out of your home, you know, you're 80, 80% of the people I worked with is one, one guy. Uh, so, you know, we lovingly in the sales uh, uh, environment call your, you know, the partner, your work wife, um, and it, a lot of times you, you just spend a lot of time with that person. I remember, I remember early on, probably too early for me to comfortably have really deep conversations with Todd. We were driving back from Fresno and I was kind of just relating to him, you know, uh, you know, it's just some struggles I'd had with, with just being, having just uh, an issue of, I've never had a really crazy temper, but I remember I was just having these issues, like kind of just blowing up on my kids and just, you know, just getting frustrated with them and, um, and, and just, you know, be, you know, sar sarcastic and, you know, biting comments and those kind of things. And I was just talking to him. I was like, I don't know. And you're taught, I'm not usually an angry person, but you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I'm having an issue controlling my anger. And do you remember what you, what you asked me after that? Yeah. So, um, I took a deep breath heard God's urging that I, I needed to talk into this because it's something that was said to me in, in my life in the past. And just took a deep breath and was just like, you know, Logan, 
my experience, like 95, 98% of the time, anger is just caused by some fear you're not dealing with. Yeah. And, and then and I looked like... at you as you were driving because I, I didn't actually make eye contact or look over at you while I said it. And then I like see the uncomfortableness come across your face because it's looked like you're about to say something that like, nah, that can't be right. And then you went, whoa. And you just like sat for with it for a while. And yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm not the type of person that likes to deal with emotion. You know, I mean, it's uh, the fact that I can even have conversations about emotion is to do with probably a lot of sharpening uh, by you, Todd, and then doing a lot of work, you know, reading good books and, you know, and, and trying to internalize them. Um, but the, you know, the linkage between, you know, anger and control or like the fear of the fear of losing control and, and, and that, that showing up as anger is something that I never really processed. I didn't think, oh, I'm afraid of something. But when I really started to look at it and peel back the layers of the onion, it was, it was fear. It was fear of, hey, I'm in this new job. I'm in this new industry. And am I going to be successful? Or are my kids going to be out on the street? Am I, you know, am I going to be able to provide? And it was all this fear and it was presenting itself in my life as, as anger toward them, because, you know, it's just as weird as the human psyche is like, I was a I want to provide for them and I love them, but if I can't, then I'm angry at them that I can't, you know, it's just, a, just the strangest thing, but it, that's, it, it gave rise to a conversation and, and getting into these things of, of, you know, the things that we're dealing with as, as men um, and as believers and, you know, they're complicated and, but they're very important and they have a huge impact on our lives. Um, and then, you know, Todd dealing with some of the truth that he came out of recovery and, and, you know, I didn't initially identify with that as like, I've never identified self identified as an addict, but then realizing my behaviors were the same, you know, and maybe I'm addicted to this concept of control and that I can get my life, put it into this box and I can actually exercise this control over it and losing it losing power in my mind is causing me to feel these things. So yeah, difficult conversations that other people probably would have waited a lot longer to bring up, but Todd has a level of boldness and I think um, discernment that that's what I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, well, and pretty quickly, you know, you're talking about trying to control things, right? And like pretty quickly in our relationship, I was like upfront that I have no control over anything right and like yeah uh part of my job as a salesperson and in the world i was in was you know i had to show that i had control over my territory and that um that i knew everything that was going on and like predict accurately all the stuff that was going to happen and i'd have to do quarterly business reviews and have plans and uh my my actual plan was god's going to take care of us um where my plan to work would be something totally different, right? And so we'd have those conversations about like, uh, God's just going to take care of us. I don't know how, because it doesn't look like he can possibly right now, but he'll just take care of us and we'll be okay. Um, and that's kind of what the plan was, right? Um, but even then I was like pretty miserable uh, the entire time uh, that I was selling. Um, God had taken away all the satisfaction I had for sales um all the oomph and, and stuff that went along with it and um 
I just wasn't a very integrated person, right? I, I couldn't be who I was outside of work in a work. I just, I, I couldn't figure that out. I was just unable to do that, right? So that made me a pretty miserable person for a long period of time. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the culture that I was in that just didn't fit me. And now you're the same in that guy, culture. In that same culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the funny thing being that, you know, we were, we were a team and then, you know, Todd was the sales guy. I'm the engineer sales, sales engineer. And then he left and then I moved over. We both actually left the company and then, and then I got dragged back into the sales role. And, and I was thinking, you know, I thought in my mind is like, well, Todd was always miserable in this role, but you know, I don't know, you know, maybe it'll be different for me. And then, you know, within a couple of months of, of doing it, I'm calling Todd, who's working at a different company at the time going, what did I do? Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm out there schlepping, you know, networking equipment to, to schools and, and, you know, local state and local agencies that, you know, and like enabling them to do things that, you know, just ripping what what's what I sold them about three or four years and go out and putting in the new thing in and, you know, just basically just as miserable and just, you know, not, not, not connecting that God was using that time and that experience as sort of a, a refining fire to, to produce something, you know, uh, Todd, Todd has a, and I talked a lot about suffering and I remember he used to bring up suffering and the, the gift that it is. And I was like, you are crazy. What are you talking about? The gift of suffering. And then just learning to accept that, you know, if I want anything produced in, in me, you know, if I want to earn something that's really good, like there's gotta be suffering involved in it. Like, otherwise it's just not worth anything. It is by far the greatest gift God has ever given us suffering. I'm absolutely convinced of it because it's a thing everybody goes through, regardless of anything else that happens in your life, everybody suffers. And so it's a blessing, right? Um, it's the only thing I know of that when prayerfully considered always results and growing empathy and love for others and less for myself suffering does right it just makes me think differently about all of life when i go through it and it's given me peace beyond all understanding so um but there's a yeah. way to go about processing mm -hmm. it right and which is what we're going to talk about pretty much in all of our podcasts is how do you process these events of life in a way that allows you to grow. Yeah. When you see, when, you know, that when you have that mind shift and you see, when you, first off, when you see suffering as, you know, you can see suffering a bunch of different ways. You can see it as, well, I'm being punished, you know, for something bad that I've done, you know, God's allowing me to suffer. Um, and it's like, well, no, I mean, if you see it that way, you want to, you want to hide it because the fact that you're suffering means that you're, that you're doing something wrong. Um, when in reality, I mean, let's look at the Bible and we look at Job, like, was he doing anything wrong? No, he was doing everything right. Um, and, you know, and that a lot of times in our life, that's, you know, when God wants to create capacity, you think about like, when he wants to stretch, you know, we, you know, talk about like, enlarge your tent. Well, how do you enlarge a tent? You stretch it, you know, the, the, the poles are going out. 
when he wants to a larger capacity, he wants to produce in us something new, there's a suffering associated with one of, one of my favorite uh, preachers, Patrick Mac- McNamara, who leads a church in San Jose called Life Start. You know, he, I was at a, I was at a men's retreat in Tahoe and he did a whole, um, one of my favorite sermons, it was a sermon on suffering. And he was, he was training to run a marathon and he was every morning he'd get up and he'd run. And it was a really huge hill going down into the retreat uh, center where we were at. If any of you've, uh, you know, been to, uh, you know, to Tahoe, it's very hilly and mountainous. Um, and, you know, he would run up this hill and man, it is brutal. I'd walk up that hill when I was winded halfway up. And he was like running up this hill and he said, you know, I'm suffering when I'm running up this hill, but why am I doing it? Cause I'm, I'm actually, I'm interested in what it's producing in me. And I had to learn to understand that of like, just the fact that I'm just the fact that I'm going through suffering doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me and that God, I've lost God's favor. Actually, in many ways, it's just a proof that his, that he's not done with me and he's wants to produce more or produce something in me that I can then have the benefit of in the future. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening to this and you're like me and something horrible happened to you, especially as a child through abuse, that was not your fault. You know, that like that was just done to you by an adult. Um, take time with that one, right? Like over time it will all get corrected and everything will be okay. But we're so fantastically and intricately made those things that happened to us in childhood take a really long time to actually process and get through. And there's no rush to get through it. And just trust that what God has given me, he's going to give to you. And we'll talk all along the way about a process to do that, you know, and get help, you know, go to find a group that does stuff, a recovery group or um, a grief share group and counseling get a good Christian counselor that works for you. But all those things are really important, right? I'm a big proponent of counseling, a big proponent of group work, especially Christian-based recovery groups. Um, And, you know, God's the one who created all these things that they use as tools in, in counseling anyway, right? Like, you know, the Bible verse about being recreated from the inside out right by uh, reading the bible and god recreating us from the inside out that's what's used in cognitive behavioral therapy where you reframe stuff and it changes the way you think well investing time with god is going to rechange how you think about life and, and give you new perspectives that allow you to process things and, and really change the course of your life but it takes time to do all those things so yeah. And I mean, that, that's, that's something I kind of wanted to bring up was, you know, the, uh, you know, this idea of, you know, we live in a time where it's very difficult to determine what the truth is or what truth is, because we've kind of sort of rejected many of the avenues that, that people would normally think truth comes through. And, but there, you know, there's something about the things that endure that, that determine if they're true or not. You know, if there's something about, you know, if something stands the test of time is one of the best ways of determining if something has intrinsically in it some truth, because the things that are fabricated that are not true will pass away, but the things that are true will will remain. But then taking that kernel of truth and then applying it to your life, if anybody who thinks I'm going to, 
I'm going to read a scripture verse and I'm going to get everything out of it the first time. And then I'm going to then apply that to my life. And then next Sunday, I'll be good to go or next week or, you know, heck next year, the, the process of actually taking that truth and applying it and fully integrating it into your life is a very time consuming and effort, effort consuming process. Uh, it takes a long time to really, you know, to really own and to, to really believe something to the point where it is actually evident in your actions. And so I've, I've given, I've learned to give myself grace. I've also give myself grace. And the second thing is be very careful about how much I'm inputting into my life because you take that truth, you take something like that, and it's going to take me a while to digest it and fully integrate it. But I, what I can do is I can get distracted by something else in the meantime, and then stop that work. And, you know, just being real careful, not, you know, you, there was a time when I would literally listen to podcasts all day long from every area. And it was, but then I, I realized that wasn't really integrating um, what I was hearing. And so we're, we're taking a very measured methodical approach on this, on this podcast of talking about things in the pace of which you could actually integrate it into your life with the idea that these basic truths, getting them into your life is going to be a process. And so we're here to walk through that process with you and to encourage you in any way that we can um, to continue that process, even though it's difficult. Yeah. And the stuff we'll talk about the first 20 to 30 episodes is kind of like most of it's based on my pragmatic approach, right? I have a, a set of things I do every time I come across something that is difficult for me or like I can't process or is a tragedy or where I lose hope, right? I, I chunk it through a process with God. Um, and it always comes back out where I'm okay again, right? And it strengthens my faith. Um, but that's a hard thing to get through, right? And it's something that just takes time and it takes a while to build those things up. And some of the things aren't going to make sense because they're um, pretty solidly against the way the philosophy of the world is now in Western society. And it's, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about, you know, you'll probably come back and listen to them again and again or struggle with them for a while um, because there's some philosophies of the world that really get in the way of walking with faith with Christ. Um, and they're really prevalent. There's like specific ones that are prevalent right now, right? The humanistic philosophies of the world right now are really prevalent within the, the church as a whole and thinking of ourselves as in control and, you know, you know, the humanistic philosophy basically thinks that we're the ultimate, the highest form of conscious reality in the universe and that we control everything. And that's not really the truth, but it creeps in all the time. And so um, I think it was you who told me you talked to, uh, um, some missionaries that came from Africa to the United States and told you it was amazing how much Christians did without God in the U S. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was Francis Chan who originally, uh, uh it's a quote by Francis Chan and, um, you know, which is interesting, you know, at my church, we're going through his book, the forgotten God right now. So Francis Chan is definitely at the beginning of, at the front of my brain, but the, yeah, I mean, how much we could, how much we could accomplish these edifices that we can build these organizations that we can create. 
um, that are centered around the way man likes to do things and to lift up man rather than centered on Jesus, the person who is supposed to be our exemplar. And what did he do? He walked around, lived life with people, and he dealt with tough stuff. And he was with people in the middle of their tough stuff. It was not, he did not, he never told anybody, name it and claim it, or you're suffering because you don't have enough faith, or you just need to pray, uh, you know, pray harder or, or, or believe more. And, you know, you'll, you know, the, the heavens will open up and cash will rain down on you. None of this stuff. It was, I'm here with you, even though you are going through something. And, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible how much we've allowed the concept of humanism and the worship of man to, to infiltrate even, even the church. Um, and we'll have a whole episode on this where we can get on, you know, I won't step on top of the soapbox. Um, but, you know, it is, it is definitely something that we need to deal with, with this, this concept of control and this idea that the pinnacle of your life is to be in control of everything or that that is even something that you can aspire to. Um, and then when in reality, there's just very, very little that we can control. Yep. And, you know, that's just, just the way it is. Right. And as much as I hate it, um, it, it is. So, um, for me, when I go to the concept of control, uh, I go to the full serenity prayer. Um, and there's a part of it that says, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. And that's been one that's been super hard, right? Because I don't like the world the way it is. But even while he was here, God didn't go out and change the entire world, right? He focused on changing people's lives. And, you know, that's what I've seen in recovery rooms over and over and over again is people's lives changed by Christ, sometimes through my words, sometimes through other people's words, most of the time just walking together in life together and sharing what's going on. And God intercedes within that mix and changes all of our lives. So, and that's really my passion, right? Is I want to see people get to experience what I get to experience in 12 step meetings where like the acts to church where everybody shared everything really happens inside those meetings. Right. And, um, some small groups do that extraordinarily well, but, but the only place I've seen it happen over and over and over again, was in recovery meetings. And I like to, to bring into people's lives that this podcast ends up inspiring you to, get real with a close friend and grow close and share real things with what's really going on in your life and have a group of people that you can really rely on to get through life rather than going through it solo. And everybody's basically an acquaintance rather than knowing the real person. Right. And that takes some courage and some work and finding the right people to do that with. Um, But I like this to be a structure that we can, walk beside you as that process unfolds for you. Right. And if you already have those people in life, uh, I pray that this podcast ends up inspiring you, uh, to go do the same things, right. And share your lives together and have some good, deep conversations 
each week with the things that we bring up and the things we talk about. So that is my prayer for this. Absolutely. We're going to do something very strange for a podcast, which is we are going to assign homework yes, uh, because we, yes. we really do actually want, we're going to be doing this homework. And so as long as we're doing it, uh, if to get the most out of it, we'd love for you to join us in asking some tough questions and doing some, doing some tough work in your life to really integrate uh, what we're talking about. Um, so this is, this is Todd's idea. So if it doesn't work out, you know, you can blame him. Um, but that's, that's Todd's, uh, has been his role in my life is to encourage me to do really hard stuff and to kick my suffering up a notch every once in a while so that I can really, um, you know, develop empathy, um, and really, um, integrate, integrate what, what we learn and, and these truths into a place where I can own them and be there, you know, for other people. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's really about. I mean, if, if we're just working on ourselves to, to improve ourselves, then that's about as humanistic as it gets. But if we're improving ourselves and we're improving, we're changing the way that we view things and, and we're changing the way we interact with the world for the benefits of those those people who are lost and the benefit of our families, the benefit of, of the people that we're close to and that we love. And then the people that we will love in the future that God will bring into our lives. then that's worthwhile to do um, because the mission at the end of the day is, is the mission field is out there. Um, so I think that what we were going to do, Todd, you had some tough questions that we are going yeah. to be answering um, on the next episode. So uh, the tough questions are going to go with the, like the first like episode where we get into some stuff. First episode is one of the biggest truths I know, and that is I'm not God and you're probably not God either. <laughs> if you are, why are you listening to a podcast? <laughs> you know, I'm sure God is listening and yes. he does tell us that we entertain angels without knowing it. Um, but I'm pretty sure you're not God too. Right. So, um, to go along with that, um, and inspired by our like conversation we had earlier, uh, the first thing it will be, what is making you angry in your life right now? Or what are you angry about? Um, uh, a couple hints there. Um, if you're saying stuff like that's so wrong, or I can't believe they did that. Or if only this person did that, right? Those are some hints that there you probably have some anger underneath that. Uh, and then the other one would be, um, what do you currently have control over in your life? So those are the two questions for you that Logan and I will answer next uh week in our uh next podcast and uh we just want to pray that you have a wonderful week before we talk to you again um and that god takes you and protects you and grows you and shows you the love that he's shown for both of us and sustains you in the way that he's sustained both of us amen absolutely amen uh, thank you very much, guys. We will talk to you next week. See you next week.